It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Just two more All-Star break days before the Magic get back to work. They actually get back to work tomorrow afternoon. So today we're going to take a step back and look at the big picture. Where does the Magic stand entering the offseason? We'll get to that and a whole lot more on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 22nd, 2022. My name is Philip Rossman. I am the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to go over where the Magic stand entering the offseason, the cap room that they have, how they might use it, the draft picks they're obviously looking at, and a whole lot more. We're going to break down where the Magic stand, maybe what they need to accomplish a little bit. We'll get into more of what they need to accomplish a little bit on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. We'll get into start kind of thinking about how we spin this rebuild forward. Before we get into that, though, we do want to thank you for making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. Whether you're listening to us right when we upload, the first thing you listen to in the morning um, at lunch, at break, wherever, we truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember the Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. So the trade deadline uh, was a, a, a bit of a dud for the Orlando Magic. Um, it's not that we were expecting earth-shattering moves. It's not that we were expecting the team to do a ton of things. But we expected the Magic to act like a rebuilding team. Uh, the Magic had some veterans on expiring or near expiring deals and Gary Harris and Terrence Ross. We thought that there would be a pretty robust market for them and an ability to make kind of move them around, maybe add some young players, maybe add some draft picks uh, and kind of reset the team again a little bit. Obviously not the major moves Magic made at last year's deadline. They expected the Magic to make some moves. On top of that, we understood that the Magic were in a position to take on some money. Orlando has a ton of cap room. We'll get into the math on that in a little bit. 
um, and the ability to eat some dead money, eat some money that maybe other teams don't want in exchange for taking on an asset they do they do want, like a first-round pick or a young player in the same way the Magic grabbed R.J. Hampton from the Denver Nuggets for Gary Harris. Uh, but the Magic ended up staying quiet. The Magic ended up not really moving much around. Um, and so the team d- did not take maybe, not a, a huge step, obviously. I don't think the Magic were expected to take that kind of a, a major franchise-altering step. But the Magic kind of kicked the can down the road. And that's going to be a little bit of the theme of the Magic's post-trade deadline analysis. Now, I think if the Magic couldn't get the first-round pick they wanted or, or how they valued their their players, if they couldn't get what they wanted, waiting on Terrence Ross to next season, it's perfectly understandable. Obviously, Gary Harris is a bit of a, a bigger alarm bell, but you weren't going to get as much for him. His salary was a lot more difficult to move. And now there are reports that Gary Harris might be willing to resign. And if that's the case... Trading Gary Harris did not make as much sense as it might have on paper beforehand. So where do the Magic stand? What are the Magic looking to do as they, uh, What where are the Magic as they head into this offseason? And obviously the trade deadline now, now passed. The next big transaction period is the mercenary market, the buyout market that's going on right now. Um, and then the offseason ahead. So as you've probably undoubtedly heard already, the Orlando Magic are one of the very few teams in this upcoming offseason that have any kind of cap room. They have $83.1 million committed to their roster in 2023. That does not get into the cap hole to retain Mobamba's restricted free agency rights. Um, it does not get into the Magic's draft picks, does not get into the, 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 the cap hole for Gary Harris if the Magic do want to resign him. It, they, they have $83 million. Uh, and are projected to have somewhere around $28 million in cap room to play with. Now, how you use cap room is definitely um, definitely a little bit tricky. Little bit tricky. And, and so do, if the Magic wanted to get to max cap room, I believe they can um, with, with one maneuver or two. But the reality is the Magic have as much cap room as they want to spend. Now, there are a few things that are going to eat into that. The Magic's First round draft pick is going to cost them between eight and nine million dollars. Nine million dollars is a is the cap hold for the uh, roughly nine million dollars is going to be the cap hold for the first overall pick. So it goes down from there to eight seven you know eight seven something like that. Um, so the magic the magic you know will lose a, a good chunk a, a little bit of that. So they'll, they'll probably be really in reality in the vicinity of like twenty million dollars in cap room, which is still a lot of money to spend and still a lot of money to throw around. Mo Bamba's cap hold is twenty two point seven billion dollars. Um, I do I do think it is very, very possible that Mo Bamba ends up taking the qualifying offer of $10 million, um, which, again, that eats into the Magic's cap room. Um, but we'll get into the mechanics of what that means, uh, what the qualifying offer means uh, in the offseason. Gary Harris, obviously, he's making $20 million. His cap hold will exceed the, the cap, the Magic cap. So if the Magic want to re-sign Gary Harris, that would be the first thing they had to do. That's more about... You know, I, I would not go crazy over that. That doesn't mean the Magic don't actually have the cap room. Um, it just means the order in which they sign guys has to be kind of manipulated. Uh, essentially, the Magic have to sign Gary Harris first to eliminate that cap hold, bring his number down to whatever salary amount is, and then they can go out and sign the guys they want. It's, it's more about the timing and ordering of things rather than the uh, rather than uh, an actual actual thing. But in essence, the Magic could be operating are operating the summer with a little bit worth of $20 million of salary cap space. This is a bad summer for free agents though. Um, you know, yes, James Harden is a free agent. Yes. Um, Zach Levine is a free agent. Those guys are expected to resign with their teams. 
Um, there are some interesting restricted free agents. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is going to get a lot of buzz. It is certain that a team like the Detroit Pistons will probably make a run at him. Um, I think everyone is expecting these rebuilding teams like the Magic, like the Pistons, two of the four teams that have massive cap room this offseason, expected to make a run at some of these restricted free agents and try and pry them away from their teams since they let them get to restricted free agency. I would expect the Suns to resign DeAndre Ayton. I, I don't think that that that's going to be. I, I don't think there's going to be a. Mar- I don't think there's going to be a market for him unless he's just really bitter and the Suns will match anything that's offered to him anyway. Miles Bridges, I think, is the biggest case. Is probably the biggest free agent that might change teams this offseason. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what his market ends up looking like. The Magic at one time were attached to him, uh, but with Franz Wagner's emergence, with how well, uh, with you know how we anticipate Jonathan Isaac will play, with the odds that the Magic draft. A, a, a big forward uh, if they get the top pick. Um, we'll get to some of those guys in a minute. Um, it, I, I don't think Miles Bridges is ultimately the target for Orlando. What this is all to say is that where the Magic stand today uh, and kind of what they did in kicking the can down the road is they have money to spend. Um, and, and I think this is a point that that we made with Keith Smith of Spotrack um, uh, 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 the week before the trade deadline, when we did our big trade deadline preview podcast, you can find that in our archives on YouTube or in the, in your podcast feed. Um, what the Magic can do with that cap room is pretty dynamic. There's a lot of things they can do with it. There's obviously go out and sign a player. Obviously go out and grab a player that you really like. That's nothing wrong with that. Um, there aren't a lot of great free agents. I'll get into some of the list of free agents that I'm thinking about um, a little bit later on in the show, but you can do that. The other thing you can do, and I think this is how the Magic are more likely to act. It's something I anticipated more at the trade deadline, something I anticipated at last year's uh, deadline, last year's uh, offseason as well. The Magic will likely use th- that route, that that space to rent their cap room, to rent, um, to, to kind of allow teams to dump bad salary or, or salary they no longer want into their cap space, attach an asset they like, whether it's a draft pick or, or, or a young player, um, and 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 help a, help a team out that way. Um, you know, you may have noticed. Uh, after the trade deadline, I said that the Magic are not done helping teams out in, at the trade deadline like they did with the Boston Celtics on deadline day with the deal that they did make involving Bull Bull. Um, this is how I think the Magic are more likely to use their cap space. Um, I think they're going to be hunting uh, for a veteran, for a medium-range veteran to add to their group to, to kind of keep a veteran presence in. But it would not surprise me if they look to trade for one as well or they're willing to, to kind of fill that veteran void by adding a player through the through a trade through this trade mechanism through this kind of absorbing a player into their cap space that is that is kind of how i see the magic acting so the, the beauty of cap room is the magic have flexibility now this is going to be um the most cap room the magic have had since the vaunted summer of i think it was 2016 um when the, the with, with with the cap spike um this will probably be the magic's best chance to grab a max free agent since Richard Lewis in 2007, but the Magic aren't going to do that. It's not the time to push all in on a player, to push all in on a max free agent. What's going to be really vital is the Magic look to align their contracts with the time that they think they will be ready to. And and so it wouldn't surprise me if the Magic give out two, three-year deals and kind of aim for 2024 or 2025 to be the years that they really go after and chase free agents. So they really look to be aggressive in the trade market. Obviously, by then, they hope that the team is a little bit more competitive. Obviously, the big thing hanging over the Orlando Magic's offseason, so we can't talk about free agents. We can't talk about the next phase of this rebuild until we talk about the draft pick. A quick review of the big players on the draft market coming up here in just a moment. 
But first, a quick word from our pals at Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, coverage, and information. Head to the website today to use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. For your next listen, go check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So kind of continuing on. Um, So yes, the Magic enter this offseason with a ton of cap space. The most cap space they've had in a very, very long time. Um, you, You could say a lot about... Uh, what Jeff Waltman's done. I think there are a lot of fair criticisms of the job that he's done so far, but you got to give him credit. He has cleaned the Magic's books up immensely, even with the contract extension to Wendell Carter, even with the extensions to Jonathan Isaac and Marco Fultz, the Magic are in a position to do a lot of things. They have a lot of flexibility. They can get a little bit creative uh, and they can kind of set their future and set their roadmap. And I'll talk about that more when we circle back to free agents on the back end. But this offseason is all about the Magic's draft pick once again. Just like last offseason was about what happens in the lottery, where do the Magic land, who do the Magic pick, this season is very much about that too. And there's probably, you know, we'll see how Jalen Suggs develops. We'll see how Franz Wagner develops. There's probably a a little bit more urgency right now. A little bit more urgency to see some lottery luck go the Magic's way and to make sure that they get a top four pick. Um, This draft, you know, I've done some studying on this draft. There's probably a clear top four um, and then there's maybe two or three guys right behind that top four um, that are touch and go that are, that are that are pretty good, but no one's really that that no one's really sure about. And and obviously with the Magic having the worst record in the league, we put we're putting a lot of focus on that top four group on that on that top four group. And we haven't talked a ton about the draft yet. Um, we'll definitely talk a little bit more about it as we get closer to the NCAA tournament. Um, give you give you some things to watch as guys uh, play these major games. Um, we saw some of the guys that'll be interesting. Uh, in in the draft as well during during the Rising Stars game with the G League Ignite guys that that played in in that game and honestly I thought all four of them I know it's an exhibition game I know it doesn't really count for anything thought all four of them held their own uh, I thought that it, it, they didn't look they didn't look out of place on that court which I think is a really really good sign um, uh, in those moments but um, this summer is all about the draft pick um, obviously Orlando has to see Jonathan Isaac Marco Fultz back on the floor but. This team is looking for its star. It's 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 the it's the driving force. And obviously, you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on young players coming out of the draft and young players coming to the league. But this is about who the Magic will take 
and how that reshapes and shifts the roster. Um, there's, you know, Magic do not leak anything. Their draft thoughts are very, very private. Um, they, they certainly are willing to surprise people. But um, Chad Ford on his Substack, or, or sorry, not on the Substack, uh, Chad Ford on um, NBA Draft Big Board um, reports that the Magic's preference is to take Jabari Smith of Auburn if they get the top pick. Um, for me, Jabari Smith is the best player in this draft. Um, I have been really, really impressed with him. He's super, he's got a super smooth jumper for a guy his size. Uh, he uses his size well. I mean, I think he's got to work a little bit on attacking off the dribble and being a little more assertive, but the dude is takes over, the dude takes over games too. Um, the way he took over the game against Florida, even though they lost, um, was was huge. He's had plenty of games where he's just kind of dominated, dominated and scored in bunches. And I think what's really impressive about him is not only is he someone that can dominate a game on the ball, he's someone that can that that is a good enough shooter or is developing into a good enough shooter. They can spot up uh, on the perimeter. He's got great size. Um, you know, I think he, yeah, I, I I haven't watched his defense super closely yet, um, but he is someone that I think it, I think he is someone that can be a cornerstone player for a franchise. Certainly, a franchise that has kind of the the balance that this Magic team is developing. I mean, you tell me, you get a lineup of Suggs, Suggs, Cole, or Markel, or Harris, along with Franz, Jabari, and Wendell. I, I think you have a pretty good team. I think you have the makings of a pretty good team right there. So. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Jabari Smith's game. I have number one on my board right now. Um, two, three, and four is kind of a toss-up in, in a lot of ways. Um, Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga, you'll probably hear Jalen Suggs talking a lot about him. They're former AAU teammates in Minnesota. Um, Chet Holmgren is just a big dude. Um, he is seven, he's you know, seven foot three, seven, he's a seven-footer, but has guard skills. He's he's kind of what you think of a unicorn these days. Um, just really, really fluid player can hit from the outside um defends really well despite his small frame he's averaging three blocks a game um he is he is a force at the college ranks I, I I do agree with a lot of the concerns that while Holmgren is certainly not afraid of physicality in the way that maybe Mobamba was another kind of lanky shot blocking big and at the college level Holmgren seeks out physicality that guy that guy does not mind getting hit he doesn't mind going in the post that's been an issue we've had with Mobamba um, but I will admit that I'm a little bit afraid of the lack of weight uh, and how you can use them. Essentially, you'd have to play him at the four or be willing to play him at the four a lot, um, I think, to make up for some of the lack of muscle that he has uh, against some of these bigger centers, and especially on the glass. Magic's rebounding has been inconsistent at best. Um, Wendell Carter is not the greatest rebounder. I think that's something that he has to continue improving upon. Um, you know, having the Wendell Carter Mo Bamba front court has not helped the Magic's rebounding, even if it has helped the Magic's defense. Uh, so I think I think that there are definitely some concerns on that end, but Holmgren's a really talented player. Don't let me don't let me take away from that. You want to draft players based on what they can do, and then figure out what they can't do later. Um, as long as what they can't do doesn't overtake what they can do, I think that's that's the big key. Um, Paolo Banquero uh, from Duke, really good scorer. Uh, you can when you watch a Duke game, you can see him. Um, you know, I think I think that I think that's an underrated thing about draft guys. Um, when they just pop off the screen, when like Jabari Smith, when you watch an Auburn game, they have Walker Kessler, who's very good, probably going to be first round pick as well. Um, but Jabari Smith looks like the biggest dude on the floor. He looks like a man among boys. Paolo Boncaro is very much the same way. And while Boncaro's perimeter game is not as well defined as as Jabari Smith's, he's a better attacker off the dribble. He's a, a little bit, I think, of a better finisher, more creative finisher with finesse around the basket. Um, he can do a whole lot of different things as well. And so I, I, I think that there's, um, I think that that both these players are very, very good and, and potentially 
um, potentially kind of solid foundational pieces for this Magic team. Um, I think there's a lot to be impressed by uh, with both with both of these players, to be, per- to be perfectly honest. Um, the last guy produced Jaden Ivey. Um, the only guard on the top of this list. Ivy is is slowly climbing up boards. A lot of people think he might go second over Holmgren and Boncaro. Um, you know, again, these top four, a lot of people are, I think, I think the consensus is starting to settle that Jabari Smith is the number one guy. Um, but you'll you'll see all four of them kind of jumble around in that top four for for a lot. Um, Ivy is an explosive guard. He's got good playmaking. He's he's a he's a two for sure. He's a shooting guard for sure. Um, but he's got really good playmaking ability for a, a two guard. Really good at, at kind of getting into the paint. Really good at kind of driving and uh, driving and kicking out, and, and really good at finishing at the basket. I'm sure all of you saw the dunk that he had over the weekend for Purdue. Um, he is he's a really dynamic player. I think his shooting's got to come around a little bit more consistently, but he is he is probably the most dynamic athlete of this bunch. Um, if the Magic ended up with any four of these players, they all will fit what the Magic are trying to do. They all will be key players for the team moving forward and help them kind of build out the way that they want to build out. Um, but like I said, everything about this offseason is still about this draft pick. I can't predict who the Magic are going to chase in free agency. I can't predict what kind of moves the Magic will make. I can't predict what kind of team the Magic want to be, really, until they get this draft pick in place. Um, that's that's the truth of it. Um, you know, again, I, I, I think that the Magic are in a good spot. I think they have a lot of flexibility. I think they can plan out a few different scenarios, but it's really hard to kind of put a, a clear picture on what the magic will be and who the magic are trying to be until they get all this done. So obviously a lot still to work on for the Orlando magic, a lot still to build a lot still to develop for this team. We'll talk a little bit about again, about free agency and where the magic go next, who the magic might target coming up here in just a moment. But first, this is the time of year that I, I've pretty much given up on all my new year's resolutions. Um, I, I said I was going to work out. And every single time I instead play 2K, sorry. But I'm going to get back on the horse. I'm going to get back on my bike. I'm going to get back to doing whatever it is I'm trying to do, whatever I'm trying to accomplish this year. And I'm going to use Built Bars to help me get there. If you haven't tried Built Bars, they are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They give you the right kind of energy that you need to get through your day, recover from your workout, or, or just have a healthy snack. Have you tried the Built Bar Puffs yet? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy, cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. They're going to be your new favorite. And yes, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, so if you're on your diet, you get that savory chocolate taste with low calories and high protein. Go to Built.com and scroll to the macro chart. You'll be blown away. Most Built Bars contain... 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They have great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and the new for, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. So check out the website constantly to see what they're offering. Go to Built.com today and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your, again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, it, it, it's it's going to be hard to predict what the Magic are going to do this offseason. Um, you know, we'll 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 dive into this either tomorrow or Thursday. Um, just kind of talk about what the Magic's goals should be for the rest of the season. Um, I know I I'm a little controversial on the on that front about what I think the Magic need to accomplish the rest of the season, but um, but there's still a lot that has to be determined for the Magic. Um, that that draft pick is the central, you know. That the best player the Magic add, the biggest player the Magic add this offseason is going to be that draft pick. Um, there's going to be no free agent that's going to be more important for this team's development like that draft, like that, like that draft pick will be. Um, that's that's the real truth of it. That's that's really where we're at. Um, but you do have to start thinking about okay, how do we piece this roster together? And I, and I think that's such a big piece of the rest of the Magic season is. What is this roster actually going to look like? Just a preview, and you can check out my article on, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com where, where I explain this more. Um, the one disappointment that I have about the Magic so far this season is, is we don't really have a sense of their identity yet. There's There's been no consistency. There's been no kind of solid trajectory up. And, and I think the Magic have to use this all-star break to kind of take a pause, reset, and re-drill the things that they want to be about. Um, the fact that the Magic have given up 117 points per one of possessions here in February over the last eight or nine games, that's really concerning, especially after taking such a big step in January, um, regardless if it was an easy schedule, um, taking a big step in January and playing some defense consistently. That's that's something the Magic have to improve on. But you take a look at the depth chart, and, you know, there's a lot of talent on this roster. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs could all man the point. RJ Hampton could help at the two guard. You know, Franz... Franz and J.I. seem like they got the forward spots on lockdown. You still have Terrence Ross and Shuma Okiki able to help out there too. You got Wendell Carter. You've got Gary Harris as a free agent who can slide in as, as a guard or a forward as needed. You've got Mo Bamba sitting around as a free agent center. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, so so if you're looking at it, the Magic are likely to add a forward of some type in the draft. Um, maybe, maybe they add Jaden Ivey. Maybe they add Johnny Davis if they fall out of the top four. Um, maybe they add a Patrick Baldwin who's kind of a three. Um but you look at you look at the draft you look at the at the Magic step chart and a there's obviously the need to, to have that influx of talent but the Magic probably need to add another uh, a third point guard a third kind of true point guard they probably need to add some wing depth uh, a two or a three kind of uh, maybe on the smaller uh, not on the smaller end but a two three someone who can play the shooting guard or the small forward and obviously they need to address the backup center position that's kind of the big that's gonna be the big elephant and the most immediate need that the Magic have will be taking on that center role and taking on, uh, taking on, uh, finding a backup center if, if they decide to, to lose Mo Bamba. Um, like I said, the Magic have a ton of cap room this offseason, but it's not a great summer for free agents. Um, DeAndre Ayton and Miles Bridges are the big restricted free agents. That I think a lot of teams are kind of hoping that they can wriggle free. Um, I don't expect the Suns to let DeAndre Ayton go, especially if they, especially without closely are to a championship. If they do, they're stupid. Miles um, Bridges is definitely a real contender to leave the Charlotte Hornets if, if he, someone gives him a big 
uh, big offer, but I don't think it's going to be the magic. Um, you know, again, they're, they've, they're kind of loaded at that spot with young guys with Isaac and Franz. They're, they're going to either be looking to draft someone to kind of fill that spot um, or, you know, or they'll, they'll find it somewhere else. And, and I have an, I have an interesting idea that, that I saw looking at the free agent list um, that, that I'll, that I'll get into here. Um, the magic certainly are not drafting on need. They just got to get good players. They just got to kind of increase their talent level. They got to find the kind of players that fit the vision that they have. But um, I do think it's important as we prepare for the offseason. Again, that's why that's kind of what I'm thinking about here as we get to the end of the season. It's really important that the Magic also focus on their bigger goals. That the Magic do think about, okay, what are we trying to accomplish? What is the team we're trying to be? And that's why the end of the season is so important. We need to see what this team actually is going to look like so we understand better what kind of players it needs to support. Um, because the Magic should not be uh, the worst team in the league next year. Let me make that clear. Like, being the worst team in the league this year is fine. It's the first year of rebuild. There's a lot. The, the, the roster is a little bit of a jumbled mess. It's just a lot of young talent that you're trying to build up. Well, if you're trying to develop young talent, if these players really do matter, they need to start making not only individual progress, but team progress as well. And that's what I think the end of this season is really about. That's what I think is really important about the way the Magic close this season out is they've got to they've got to show the progress that 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 they keep telling us about. They got to show some tangible steps forward, and certainly next year. The Magic got to be up in the 30 win range. If, if we're going to put a win total on it, the Magic got to jump up into, okay, we're hanging around the play-in tournament. We may not make it, but we're clearly showing signs that we're getting there. We can't just be in this 25-win ringer for the for the next two, three years. If that happens, Jeff Waldman should be fired. Just plain and, plain and simple. Um, we need to be seeing, you know, again, maybe not, you know, it, it, it doesn't need to be like a, a timeline trajectory, but we need to see progress forward. We need to be seeing that, okay, this team is taking steps forward. Uh, and like I said, one of the things I think the Magic have to do is they have to kind of plan this out, map this out and say, okay, when are we going to be ready to compete? When do we, which free agent class do we want to align ourselves with? Um, I would expect that in free agency, the Magic offer a lot of two-year deals, maybe a lot of three-year deals to try and align themselves with the summers of 2024 and 2025. Um, I don't know who's available in free agency those summers, but I would say the summer of 2024 is really important because that's the summer Cole Anthony hits restricted free agency. And obviously 2025 will be the summer that Jalen Suggs hits restricted free agencies, Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. So you want to make sure that you have flexibility to take care of those guys. I'm not that you won't extend them early, but take care of those guys or be in a position to say, okay, this is when we're going to be ready to compete. We have to be ready to compete by then. And, and honestly, like you look at the really good teams, the really good teams that, that, that built through development and through, and through rebuilding most of them, no, most of them are able to kind of hit free agency um, before their, their their star rookies sign their rookie extensions. Um, you know, so again, the most valuable contract in the world, the most valuable contract in the NBA is the rookie contract. If you can find a Luka Doncic who breaks out and busts out that early in his career, um, you have more maneuverability because his contract is so, so it's deflated because his value, his contract is deflated compared to his val actual value on the market. Um, that's, that's, you know, again, the clock is always ticking, um, especially when you have these star, these star or star like players uh, and you want to put yourself in, in a good position. Um, just looking at the early free agent list this year, there are a few names that caught my eye. Um, you know, I, I put down TJ Warren. I've been kind of looking for a Gordon Hayward type, uh, a veteran who can kind of carry the scoring load, kind of keep the team um, legitimate almost. Um, and while be while then being able to kind of recede into the background once the Magic's young players um, are are ready to take over. Um, I think TJ Warren would be a really good candidate to to be that kind of a guy. 
Um, but obviously, uh, he's coming off his own injury. I wouldn't do. I would. You know, if if I were desperate on a one year, I'd probably do it. But I, I don't know much more beyond that. Um, Bobby Portis, I think, would be a, a, an interesting overpay for um, for a backup big. Um, you know, obviously, he's playing for the Bucks right now. You probably have to pay him a ton to get him to leave that good of a situation. I'm sure Milwaukee will also take care of him, especially with the potential that uh, Brooke Lopez's career may be uh, maybe on a different trajectory and that Bobby Portis might be starting uh, for a title contending team. Um, Chris Boucher from the Toronto Raptors. He's had a really up and down ride. I think he'd be a really good backup center. Um, Probably could get him much cheaper than a lot of these options. Um, And then as far as veterans, I think Torian Prince would be a really good veteran wing to add if the Magic needed to add a veteran wing uh, easily could get him for one years or two, two years on a reasonable deal. Uh, and again, I, I don't think any of these guys are going to break the magic's bank. I don't think the magic will do anything that puts, that puts stress on their flexibility. Again, I'm thinking two-year deals, maybe three-year deals. Uh, you know, it's okay to overpay guys. You're not spending money in free agency anyway. Um, I would expect, honestly, if the magic do resign Gary Harris, that we'll see uh, a front loaded deal where he gets a lot of money up front and then they, they space it. They, they, they bet they've, Front load it and then they space it out, space out the rest of the rest of the money over the, the remaining years of his contract. Like I said, the Magic are in a really good spot financially. Um, they have a ton of flexibility. They have a ton of things that they can do and they can accomplish. The question is, how are they going to spend it? How are they going to do it? And, and really, I think a lot of that is going to be up to how this season ends and how this team finishes things off and where this team is projected to go. Um, it's not easy right now. It's not super easy. It's not super clear what direction the team is going to go, but the Magic have a lot of options in front of them. That's where the Magic stand right now as um, they get ready for the offseason. Obviously, still a lot to do and a lot of games left to play before we really seriously think about that. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter. Uh, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the public standalone podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. On our next episode of Locked On Magic, I believe we'll be doing the roundtable with the Locked On NBA podcast. We'll also eventually talk a little bit about the goals for the Orlando Magic for the rest of the season, what we want to see them accomplish um, as they play the final 20-plus games of their season. Now that you're done listening to us, go make your second listen Locked on NBA. Locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Frost and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.